Hey everybody, you're listening to a very special episode of Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, the only podcast on the internet where we talk about every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order. Except today, we're talking about the set list from the Dallas show earlier, uh, or I guess in early, uh, mid-February. Yeah, uh, it'll be parent. almost a month ago by the time we released this episode. So, uh, sorry sorry about the delay on that, everybody. Anyway, it was a it was a killer show. We're going to talk about the day. That's Rob Carmack. I'm JB. Welcome hey. to an unorthodox and very special episode of the show. Yeah, uh, and to those of you who were in Dallas with us, glad glad you were there. Glad you made it. Yeah, I got Thanks to see uh, Russ. We I ran into him, so that was cool. Did you really? Yeah. What's up, dude? It was good. You to told see me him. he was going to be there. You didn't tell me you saw him. Yeah, I went from your seats to see him, and um, we said what's up, and then I went to my seat. And the nice, you made the rounds. immediately. Very yeah, cool. it was great. So yeah, the the Dallas show just to do do a little bit of catch up and rundown. The 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 tour has continued since the Dallas show, obviously, and I actually went to the Tulsa show as well. But the the show that da- JB and I were both at was in Dallas on February the tenth of twenty twenty three, of course. And what made that show kind of noteworthy is that Stephen Van Zandt and Susie Tyrell were both out with COVID. This was kind yeah. of the beginning of a series of COVID related absences for the band on this tour. And uh, I, I was actually because it was. This show was on February the 10th. Tulsa was scheduled for February the 21st. And when, when Bruce announced that two band members had COVID, my first thought was, oh, no, they're going to cancel Tulsa. Like, there, yeah, there's Tulsa's no way happening. <laughs> there's no way they're not all going to get this. And uh, thankfully, that did not happen. Um, and uh, it's, I, I think by the time I got by the time they got to Tulsa, everybody in the band was back on stage. But now Curtis King is out again with with COVID. Uh, Damn. Yeah, and I think as we're recording this, they're they're probably just getting on stage in Denver. So I don't know if Curtis King is back tonight or not. But um, but yeah, after after our show, Nils caught COVID, and then so did Jake. After that, so um, so I caught him in Tulsa just for the little bit while the the whole band was on stage together. Uh. But but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the Dallas show. Now, JB, you have uh, we'll just jump right into this. You had a couple of songs that you've been chasing. You've only seen Bruce one time prior to this. And yeah. you articulated to me that there were a couple of songs that you really hoped Bruce would see. And two of those songs were Candy's Room and Wrecking Ball. And gosh dang it, JB, he did them both. I got them both, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, and feel? I got like I got Nils playing the solo on Because of the Night Live, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm pretty sure he did last time. But that's He like did. A, yeah, he did in 2016 special. on the River And Tour. Ghosts. I didn't realize that Ghosts was like a live favorite of mine, but it is. Oh, Ghost was killer. It was so Ghost good. was like awesome. I mean, No Surrender was an awesome opener, but Ghost could have been the opener too. Yeah, it was a double you whammy know? opener for sure. Just no like Surrender I hear the sound of your guitars, just like, and then guitars. It's so, so cool. Good. It's so prophetic. Good. It is. Yeah. So yeah, it opens with No Surrender, and this the set list. I will say, again, they're. they're about to go on stage in Denver as we're recording this. So this may totally change, but I, I kind of doubt it. The set list has remained mostly static. Now, some songs have come and gone. Like when I saw them in Tulsa, um, like one song that they did in Dallas was Don't Play That Song, parentheses, You Lied, the Benny King cover from Only Strong Survive. Yeah. They dropped that song and added If I Was the Priest, which okay. I loved. If I Was the Priest was a song I was chasing. I was really hoping he would do it. And so I got I got very excited that he did with If I Was the Priest. But I, I think Tulsa... Again, as we're recording this, Tulsa was the last time he played that shit, that song. I've been keeping up with the set list. And then um, and then a, another song we got in Dallas that they haven't p- played since was Detroit Medley. And, and that was uh, the first time he played it on the tour, too. Yeah, it's the only time he's played it on the tour. So yeah, and so. he said beforehand, he said, Dallas, I got something special for you. 
He said, just for you. Yeah. Just for um, you. And I was like, really? And then he played that. And I was like, I don't know why, but I do remember when he played Detroit Medley at the River Tour. No, I remember he didn't? No. Oh, I could have sworn he did something similar. Were they no, doing the rounds? What what did they play whenever they did the rounds? Uh when they did the rounds? You know, whenever they like march around the stage and um, sing to the cheap seats. Oh, Tenth Avenue Freeze Out. Oh, okay. Right, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um cool. All right. Well that was great then. The the uh it was the first song in the encore, and the crowd, or whatever, the encore was not like. Yeah, I mean, they didn't leave. Like, Bruce it wasn't like strongly just, denoted. It would not no. even as much as like last time, whenever he pretended like he might. Yeah, he doesn't uh, even do that. He doesn't even waste his time leaving the stage and coming back on. He just he yeah. stays on stage, and you just know it's the encore because they because they just finished Thunder Road, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but yeah, it was great, and it like had a pop, you know, like in the stadium. It was cool. Yeah. So. Tell, tell me about your experience hearing him do Candy's Room and Wrecking Ball. Uh, I mean, Candy's Room is really cool. Uh, just watching that build, you know, because that whole song is like just crescendos and floor toms, you know, just like dump, 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 dump. And so that was really cool. And did you know, like as soon as Max starts doing the clickety clickety oh, on the, yeah, 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 did yeah, you know yeah. it was Candy's Room? Yeah. Uh, immediately. And um, then, uh, yeah, Wrecking Ball, I was a mess. I cried the whole way through that song. Oh, did you? Yeah, it was. Yeah, man. A, it's a big. It's a big song for me. Yeah, I get that. It means a lot to me. I was trying to I know explain it, it to Shepard the other day. I started crying. <laughs> I'm such a mess when it comes to music. I tell you what, man. Um, Caroline, who is not a Bruce Springsteen fan, went with me because we took our ten year old daughter Delia, and um, she got very emotional when Bruce did Last Man Standing. He oh, told yeah. that story about George Thies. Yeah, that was great. That was great. I'm excited. When ultimate or eventually we'll get to to that song and we'll get to talk more in depth about it. But the the, the solo acoustic performance of it was very good. It was very uh-huh. haunting. What about uh, what did Delia think? Delia loved it. She she really like he came out and did No Surrender, which is one he because I was worried like he what if he plays a bunch of stuff he she doesn't know you know because she only yeah. knows a hand, like you know a dozen or so of his songs because you know that's she's ten but. Um, but he came out and he did No Surrender, which she knows. So she got really excited about that. And then Thunder yeah. Road is one of her favorites. And so when he did Thunder Road, she got very excited. Nice. Yeah. And we got video of her. Like, when, when he does Born to Run and the house lights come up, like, she and I are pumping our fists together. And so Caroline nice. got video of that. So that's, that's a memory we'll have forever. I'm excited about that. Nice. Yeah. It was good. It was a good, it was a good time, man. <laughs> yeah. What were, uh, other than Candy's Ball and Candy's Ball, <laughs> other than Candy's Room and Wrecking Ball, what, were there any highlights for you? Uh, I mean, the rising was really good. I thought yeah. that was cool. I didn't expect to get that live. Uh, that threw me off. I cried doing that too. Well, he did um, that also on the river tour. I don't know if you're, it's been a long time. It has been a long time. I guess I didn't remember that. That's, I, I love that song. Well, in the aftermath uh, of like the pandemic and never, and no, not knowing yeah. if he was ever going to tour again, like that, there's, there's a new power to that song. Right yeah. No Surrender was a cool opener. Uh, Ghost was massive. We talked about that a little bit. Ghost was my highlight, other than the stuff that I already knew that I loved. Yeah. Letter to You was great to see live. Um, I'm trying to remember where. There was a moment kind of early where it kind of felt like the energy was just like he was losing us a little bit. And Jake came over and like picked it back up, you know, sort of in a big way. That was really cool to see Jake like quarterback for a minute. Yeah. and yeah, I, uh, 
Night Shift was great. I like Night Shift a lot. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. What it it was song? a good show. It's a good set. So, um, now I will say some fans, I, I feel like since, since we're talking about how much fun we had, we, I, I think yeah, we were both sorry. Agreed. Like it was a great, it was a great show, right? I was double checking night, night shift. The, I made some notes. Uh, night shift was like, it hit me in my feels. I guess seeing him sing that live, yeah, especially, cool. yeah, especially like, and then he goes and plays last man standing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know, night shifts about like losing bandmates and people you, mean a lot to you too your heroes yeah Yeah. and so that was really cool um yeah all right so tell me about what songs were big for you well well like i said i think ghost was probably the high other than like look a staple for me like if if i if i got to go to a springsteen concert every day and hear him play promised land and thunder road I'm going to, that's, that's like every, every one of those is the best day of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I, I will never, ever get tired of hearing those two songs live. So I knew going in, like I'm going to, if he plays those songs, I'm going to enjoy it. What I wasn't expecting was how much, and I like ghosts already. I, and I, I enjoyed his performance on Saturday Night Live when he did it. I was not expecting to be like moved, like to chills when he, when he just hollers out, I'm alive. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so good. That, that, that one really got to me in ways that I wasn't prepared for. And then, night, like you said, Night Shift, I think, was a highlight. Um, Last Man Standing. And um, I, I would say those – and, and th- I mean, Thunder Road always is, is, a, is a go-to for me. I, I, I'll, that's, a, that's a forever favorite of mine. And I really liked also how he pairs Last Man Standing with Backstreets. You know what I mean? Like, to me, yeah. that elevated my experience of Backstreets even. And yeah. like, cause he, cause he's talking about his, his friend who died and like in backstreets is all about like that, that, that feeling of youth and, you know, like getting into trouble and, you know, kind of exploring the, yeah. the limits of what you're, you can do and with, alongside <laughs> maybe, a good friend. Maybe being gay with your childhood best friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, and, and it's possible that backstreets was written pos- partially in like with George Thies in mind. Right. Who right. Last man standing is about. And so, or in, you know, in memory of. And so, um, and so like that's somebody, I saw somebody the other day, uh, somewhere they talked, they were talking about how teenagers just always making plans and that's what Backstreet's is just like teenagers making plans. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So, okay. There is a little bit of controversy among hardcore Springsteen fans about this tour because some fans are complaining about the mostly static nature of the set list so far. I mean, I, and I mean, not unlike with the river tour, the, the the at least this first leg it looks like he's gonna pretty much at least eighty to ninety percent stick with the same set list. Every I night. really thought you were gonna spring ticket prices on me. <laughs> I mean, the ticket prices were also very controversial. Obviously, yeah. um, I, I don't, I don't, I, I got my tickets for a reasonable price, so I'm not. I got mine pretty cheap. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when I went to the Tulsa show, like I, I saw online people were like selling tickets for five to ten bucks. You know what I mean? Like people can get tickets, but yeah. they just didn't. They didn't get like the floor seats the day they came out, like they wanted. And so anyway, right. but that was that's neither here nor there. That, that's not even the, the so the controversy right now among hardcore fans who have seen him like fifty times or whatever. They're complaining that the set list is the same every night. That he's losing his like like energy and creativity in the live show because he's not like just going off book every night or whatever. So I do you have any thoughts on? I have some thoughts on that, but I, I wanted to see if you did it first. That's cool when you change it up, but it's also fine to not. It's. Uh, 
I don't know. I have feelings about people having expectations of a performer's live performance. You yes, know what I mean? Agreed. Yes, absolutely. I got, I got feelings about that. Um, I'm guilty of it. I project on our performers all the time. I did it today. <laughs> yeah. In a way that I uh, had to apologize for. Uh, <laughs> you know, like it happens. It, it's just like, uh, but like, you know, it's okay to just let it be. It's okay to just sit back and, you know, like if you're not enjoying it anymore, do something else. It's fine. It's okay to say that, like, I followed Bruce Springsteen for decades and it was great. And it can be yeah. past tense, you know. Um, I don't know. I had a great time. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I have no. I, got, I took my ten year old daughter. It's probably the only time in her life she'll ever get to see Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band, and like, I, I got the show. I think she got the show she needed to get. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so here I have I have three thoughts on this on this issue. The first one is this: Bruce Springsteen fans, I'm so sorry, are spoiled. And I mean, <laughs> name, name any yep. other artist that will give you three straight hours of that level of joy and excitement. He's 73 years old. He has earned the right to do any kind of show he wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, he... Oh, dude, we saw uh, American Aquarium, a band in their 30s, right? Yeah. Full of energy, like, um, young. They played the longest set I've ever seen. They played a a set that spanned, like, five albums, and they covered everything. And it was big, and they had a good encore, and there was, like, plenty of banter, and all night we were talking about how we had just seen like the American Aquarium's like first like big boy Bruce Springsteen show. Yeah. And like he's a he's a 70, you know, something year old man and they're in their 30s. You know what I mean? Like we're, and we're yeah. comparing this band. This band that I've been watching for decades is finally becoming, you know, something like, like and that's something that most bands don't aren't around long enough to become. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what's the shelf life of a band Less than a year, but like, what's the show or a band that like makes it? It's like, what, three or five? Uh, it's great, you know? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, and I mean, like, I've seen Jason Isbell in, in the 400 unit three times, they never crack two hours. Like, you know, Bruce Springsteen outpaces them by at least an hour every time, yeah. And and Jason Isbell is close to, to my age, and like, like you said, like, and I mean, and I love, I'm not complaining about a Jason Isbell show, I'm saying, like, that's what you that's what most music fans get when they go see their favorite artists. What Bruce Springsteen fans get is a three-hour bolt of lightning. And yeah, a like, lot of bands play the best eight songs off the album. Yeah, <laughs> and then one hit from the other one if you're lucky. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's my first thought. The my guy set- in front of me had no problems with it. He was. I was had more fun watching him than anything. He was just. But- I've never seen someone enjoy music that much. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like I've I've been to two shows so far. Everybody's having a good time. No one in the room is complaining, and ever everybody's having the most fun they've ever had. Yeah. So like, yeah, the the people who are complaining are people who track set lists and 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 which I also do. But I mean, but basically, people who are like, oh, it's not this. It's you know, he's just doing the same stuff every night. Like, yeah. Well, and which I'll get to. But and so my second thought is this. <laughs> My second thought is this. Every show is somebody's first. I took my 10-year-old daughter. It was her first show. Every, every, t- every single night, Bruce is playing to somebody for the very first time. It's yeah. not all about the fans who have been to 50-plus shows for the past, past five decades. Those fans are great, and obviously we have some of them that listen to this podcast, and we thank you for it. But Bruce is giving everything he's got every single night. The, pa- the band is playing at the top of their game, and every night someone gets to experience that for the very first time. It is a gift. He didn't have to go back out on tour at all. He didn't have to take the E Street. He could have just done Broadway. He could have done another 
Western stars, but he, what he wanted to do was he wanted to take the band out and do a celebration together. And that's what we got. And it is a gift. So that's my second thought. My third thought is this. With this tour, Bruce is trying to say something. He clearly has something he wants to get off of his chest. And the set list is curated to follow that narrative through line. It opens with no surrender. It closes with I'll see you in my dreams. And there is, there is a thing that he's trying to, artistically, he has a message he wants to get out. He's dealing with aging. He's dealing with the passage of time. He's dealing with the aftermath of a global pandemic, the death yeah. of certain people in his life. He's reckoning with the reality of that, uh, the, the, basically the reality that none of this lasts forever. And this set list is his statement on that reality. And, and I don't know about like, you, but I spent, the, I spent two weeks after that, like fully, just most of my waking moments, sort of like meditating on all of that. Absolutely. Like well, and that's kids, what he wanted. With my grandparents, with, you know, like people I've lost recently, fully. Yes. So. And, well, and I mean, and that's, I think that is the goal. I think that's what he's trying to evoke out of people. And in addition to giving you joy and excitement and like everybody dancing and jumping around to like Rosalita and dancing in the dark, the, the, the punctuation mark on this is not dancing in the dark or Rosalita. It's I'll see you in my dreams. It's it, like the, the thing, he, the gut punch he wants to leave you with is don't forget that every day is a gift and that there's, there's only so many of them. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the takeaway. Yeah. And so, yeah. So people who are c complaining about the set list, I think are missing the message he's trying to send, or at least at the very least, it's not resonating with them and they're, they're not moved by it. Um, and so, like, I don't know what to do for somebody who's just not moved by that. Like that, Gotta like say, for those of us who spend time, um, a lot of time on Bruce Springsteen uh, forums, we it's about that time in our life where we probably should be thinking about aging, maybe <laughs> legally. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a Bruce Springsteen fan, there's a good chance you're in a demographic that should be thinking about uh, death from a legal standpoint <laughs> right at least making a will and <laughs> yeah making sure everybody's going, going good taking your care first colonoscopy of. or whatever yeah yeah for sure yeah so um, anyway th those are my thoughts and um you know i'm sure people will have feelings about my thoughts but that's fine you can that that's what i think and you know i i've seen them twice now on this tour and i have no complaints at all and um you know i i would go again if he was anywhere near me yeah for sure I got to sit um, a couple weeks ago before we went to a Stars game, my son's first Stars game. It was like college night. My wife's at Baylor, so we got $20 Baylor tickets in the 300 seats. Nice. And we started, we were joking about how we could really, I'd never watched a hockey game from directly above before. And it was like, <laughs> you could see the play unfold in a really cool way. And then there I am in the same seats, uh, just about for the Springsteen show. And I could watch Max over his shoulder playing drums all night and like kind of quarterbacking and that was just as cool <laughs> and so now my father-in-law is joking like hey you gonna get some 300 level seats <laughs> <laughs> those are the good seats yeah yeah man watching watching max at his age still do what he can do is is breathtaking it's elbows really in like shoulders back just never his posture has never been worse or better it's always just been that Love it. Love yeah. Max. Gary was really uh, grooving, too. I mean, he's always kind of bebopping around, but, like, Gary seemed he, like he was having a fun night. Not like well, a he night had, at work, but, yeah. Yeah, he had to pick up some slack, actually, because because little Steven was out. And so he oh, had to be the guy who came point. over and took the mic. And, you know, like, yeah. Bruce, Bruce was uh, relying on him to sort of, like, share the energy a little bit. Seeing and, a little um, bit. I guess I hadn't noticed. Yeah, I did make note of that. Like, I haven't seen Bruce and Gary, like, 
get back and forth and do banters this much before, but I guess yeah, like I, he doesn't do that very often. So that was kind of cool that we got to see there. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and I guess that was kind of the cool, like we got to see, it, it's good to know that there are very, like that if one member of the E street band goes down, at least for a little while that they can, the show can still go on. I, oh yeah. I, they could I, lose I, up to like four at a time. <laughs> yeah. Except I kept thinking like, what if it was Max or what if it yeah. was, I mean, obviously if it was Bruce, the show would be over, but the, but if like, what if it was Roy or Max or something like somebody that you, they don't just have like, cause you know, there's uh, including Bruce, there's four guitar players or yeah. three guitar players, I guess. No, wait, Bruce, Steven, Susie, Nils, four. There are Patty. four guitar players, including what? When Patty, when Patty's there, there's, yeah, when when Patty's there, there's five, and Patty was, not and she's playing. I mean, she's playing like a big body, you like know, a big dreadnought, like not dreadnought. Yeah, like a full, yeah, yeah, dreadnought acoustic guitar. So like it's, she's she's creating a, a great deal of the plaster on that wall of sound. Yeah, yeah, she is. Well, and they all are. I mean, there's a reason there's so many of them. Like Bruce wants a big sound, and and yeah. so he's he's getting what he wants, and um, and so when when there's two two members of the band out, like I'm I'm sure. I'm sure that's frustrating to him, but at the same time, like he he's got to go out and do the show, and so he he and Gary came over and he you know like you said he he got to kind of get a little closer to the mic and do a little bit more of the 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 interactions, the back and forth, and the, the hey hey's on Rosalita, and you know the, he's he's part of the show. Yep. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Watching Gary be involved and yeah, the whole thing was fun. Jake was awesome. I'm I'm just always really impressed with him. He's filling a role. He's also doing a job that he could phone in because it's sort of a – he's already there in lieu of someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it is – so it's a job that he could sort of phone in, just like his presence is the thing that <laughs> part yeah. of his paycheck's for. But he really uh, – I don't know. He, he he really puts on a show, and he's very talented. I so. feel like he sounds – I think he, he's getting – better at playing the saxophone also like I, I feel like the solo on thunder road was fuller and more alive than it was even when i heard them in 2016 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i mean he's a great saxophone player but he also does a, a lot of other stuff so i think he probably plays more saxophone now than he used to <laughs> that's probably right yeah and, and I know they had a lot, a lot of time to prepare for this tour. Like Bruce announced this tour back in the summer of last year, and and so I'm sure he was on the phone with everybody, saying like, "Hey, let's uh, before we start rehearsing for this thing in January, let's make sure everybody knows their stuff." You know? Yeah. So, yeah, man, it was a good show. I, I I'm I'm sad that it's over, and I, I um I, he keeps announcing more dates. I'm I'm confident he will not come back to Texas or anywhere near us uh, again on this tour. But um, you know, I'm always hopeful that maybe I can score a plane ticket to somewhere and yeah know. just the thing is with with covid the way it is i'm i'm worried about like what if i buy a ticket to like a show in jersey or philadelphia and i like get on a plane and yeah. then i get off the plane and, and the first thing i see is an announcement the show's been canceled because the show's bruce been got canceled COVID. bruce got covid yeah so yeah that's always a risk but um you know i i don't know i i definitely would like to i, I would like for tulsa not to be have been the last springsteen e street band show i've ever seen so um, I'm hoping I can catch at least one more before the year's over. Can you imagine that you're getting ready for a tour with the East Street Band, and like you're talking, you're talking to your wife, and your phone buzzes, and she's like, "Who's that?" And you're like, "Nobody." She's like, "Who is it? Do you need to pick it up?" And you're like, "It's just Bruce. He keeps calling." <laughs> she's like, "Get it." And you're like, "I don't want to right now." I'll nobody, call him sc- back. nobody screens Bruce. That's that's a promise. I'll call him back. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you know, like you work with somebody who like calls you and says the same thing over and over, no matter how much, how cool you think they are. At some point, you're like, I'll call them back. It's fine, but it's so funny to think about that. I don't know. I, I, I have I ima- in my imagination. It's the opposite. It's where they're all sitting by their phones waiting. Like anytime it vibrates, anytime it's a spammer, they're like, maybe it's Bruce. Maybe he got a new number. I sure yeah, hope so. It's Bruce, maybe got a new number <laughs> I don't know about yet. Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell me about my car warranty? I can't talk to you right now. I'm waiting on a call from Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's pretty much it as far as the the Dallas show goes. Any any final thoughts on that? No, it was great. The crowd was awesome. The guy in front of me, like he was just dancing his his just his heart out. You know. Yeah. I was like, we're up too high. There's not enough space for you to be dancing like that. You're gonna fall. <laughs> You're gonna fall to your death. Yeah. <laughs> that's like being in the Grand Canyon. He knew every word. He was just so pumped about. I mean. Every new song, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I love that energy. I, I love I love to be a, to be sitting around people who are having a great time. Yeah, I wish I was that good of a music fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep it all on the inside. Caroline asked me after it was over. She was like, "So, did you have a good time? Because you just sort of stood there and like nodded your head a bunch." <laughs> and so like, yeah, that's how I enjoy music. Yeah. So anyway, that's just I I, I keep it all on the inside. Anyway, so we will be back with y'all next time, and we're going to be talking about, we're going to be back in the alphabet. We're going to be talking about the song Burning Train. Burning so Train. Then, yes. So until then, I'm Rob. That's JB. I'm JB. And we will catch y'all next time. I'm going to be leaving on my burning train.